The Easter reading is from Luke 24, verses 1 through 12. But on the first day of the week, at early dawn, they did not, they went to the tomb, taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel, and they were frightened, and they bowed their faces to the ground, and the men said to them, why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in, the, in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified on the third day, rise. And they remembered his words. And returning from the tomb, they told these things to the eleven and all the rest. Now it was Mary Magdalene and Joanna and Mary and the mother of James and the other women with them who told these things to the apostles. But these words seemed to them idle tales, and they did not believe them. But Peter rose and ran to the tomb, stooping and looking in, and he saw the linen cloths by themselves, and he went home marveling at what had happened. Good morning, church. Happy Easter. Welcome to 1C. Would you please rise for our first song? <clears throat>
Remain standing. Do not sit. We normally do, but this is a different day. This is a new day. This is a glorious day. And we're going to do what Christians have been doing for generations. Christians are doing it right now throughout the world. There is this thing called the Easter Proclamation, where the leader says something, and then you reply as well. So we're going to have it up on the screen so we don't have to memorize it. So if I can have, have it up there. So mine is the first part, yours is the second. Ready? Alleluia, Christ is risen. Alleluia. You may be seated. He is risen. And I'm hoping that when we're all done with our service today, you will go away understanding why the resurrection is important for you today, tomorrow, and forever. All right? You may have a clue of that. I have a clue of it, but I think he keeps teaching us every single time we celebrate. want to welcome everyone, guests. We're really glad that you're with us in worship as well, whether you are in the house or online. Um, your family. This is a great time where we can come together and rejoice in a God who loves us so much. Uh, we do want to get to know you, so there's many different ways you can let us uh, know that you're here. Um, in fact, if you in the chair backs in front of you, there's actually a card that'll walk you through uh, that you can text one C guest to 94,000. You could stop at next steps, um, things like that. You're also going to find here if you're here today. We have a couple other things that happen in the service that you might want to be ready for. Example, if you have a prayer request and you would like us to include it in today's service, you can get that to us by either texting it or if you are online, you can put it right in the comment section. That will get to us as well. We also have communion today. Um, it's known by the Lord's Supper. Uh, some other names, but those are the two that we often use to describe it. And let me just tell you what it is and who, is, who it is for. We believe here at 1C, it is bread and wine or juice and the body and blood of Jesus for the forgiveness of sins. And when we have faith in that, God gives us all the blessings that he gives us. So if that's what you believe, we'd love for you to be uh, a part of that. And We'll give you some more instructions as we get closer to communion and as you come forward, how that works, but that'll happen in a little bit, so be ready for that as well. We also have a digital bulletin. Maybe we can just throw that up really quickly, if you would. Um, you just, you know, that's a Scantron or QR code. You can just take your camera and do your thing. Um, if you want hard copy of what we have, it's actually on a table right outside of there. Lots of things that you'll find in there, sermon notes, prayer requests, things going on in the life of the church. Now, speaking of things that are going on in the life of the church, Easter is, we, we're celebrating it today, but I always tell people, every single time we worship, we celebrate Easter, the resurrection of Jesus. Now, next week, we're going to keep celebrating Easter, but we're also going to be doing something that you don't want to miss. I was told I can't tell you what it is but you don't want to miss it, all right? So you want to come. You will be surprised. It will be really good. I can't tell you what it is. Unless you kind of slip me some money, Chase. You know, maybe I'll do that, you know? All right. Um, maybe on the way in or on the way out, you'll, you'll receive a little handout that kind of reminds you of a Volunteer Appreciation Sunday and some of the things that's going to take place. 
on the other side, new sermon series, God Is. And I've said this many times. What we believe about God dramatically affects how we live our life. When we deal with worry or fear or hurt, all those different things, what we feel about God, what we know about him will dramatically impact how we live life. So that starts next week as well. So come on back. Um, celebrate with us every single week the goodness and grace of God. Let's continue now in our worship. God sent his son They called him Jesus He came to love Heal and forgive He bled and died To
Boys and girls, come on up front. It is time for the kids' message. Make your way on up front here. Find a seat on the floor. Come on up. Pack around the, the front here. Yeah, come on up. Well, hopefully on your way in, you saw that I've got Scooby snacks for everyone. If you didn't get them on your way in, you can grab some on the way out. Because nothing says Easter like a Scooby snack, right? No? You're probably used to getting like eggs with jelly beans or Cadbury eggs, Peeps, chocolate bunnies, things like that, right? So you might be a little confused. Greg, why did you give us Scooby snacks? Well, it may not make sense yet, but hopefully it will. All right? Because you know what? I was thinking about that first Easter Sunday and what it was like for the disciples on that first Easter Sunday. And I think they were probably a little confused too. It didn't make sense to them. Here this, this master of theirs, this Jesus, who they had been living with and following for three years, they thought he was going to take the throne and power and rule. And then Thursday, he's arrested. And Friday, he was beaten and hung on a cross and died. And then he was placed in a tomb. And then that first Easter Sunday, almost 2,000 years ago, um, they went to the tomb and they couldn't find Jesus. The tomb was empty. He was gone. They couldn't find what was going on. So that made me think of a video that I saw once. And maybe you've seen the video. Um, I think it's a video that maybe is a great illustration of what those disciples were feeling and going through that first Easter Sunday. So let's watch this video. That dog was silly, wasn't he? He was running around, confused. Where was his master? He knew she was there somewhere. And he kept tearing all around, looking for her, but couldn't find her. I wonder if that's what the disciples were feeling that first Easter Sunday. And then let's read what really happened, okay? In John chapter 20, let's read what it was like for those disciples. Okay, it says, early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. She was confused. Where did he go? Couldn't find him. She was running. So Peter and the other disciples started, uh, started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. 
So they were tearing after. They were running. They were booking it to the tomb. They wanted to find out where, what happened to Jesus. He bent over and looked in the strips of linen lying there, but did not go in. Then Simon Peter came along behind him and went straight into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there, as well as the cloth that had been wrapped around his head. The cloth was lying in its, separate, in its place, separate from the linen. Finally, the other disciple, who had reached the tomb first, also went inside. He saw and believed. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. They were confused, weren't they? They're like, wait, where is he? Where did he go? So they went back. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and she wept. She bent over and looked into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. She's sad. She can't find Jesus and still doesn't know what's going on. And eventually we see that Mary finds Jesus, right? Jesus appears to her, says, don't worry, it's me. And Jesus says, don't hold on to me, for I have not yet ascended to the Father. Go and said to my brothers and tell them, I, have ascended to my, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the, the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that, that he had said these things to her. So she went running back with excitement. She had found Jesus. Jesus was alive. And you know what? We can celebrate. We can be excited because Jesus is alive. We don't have to look for him anymore. In fact, you know what? We're not the ones that did the looking. Actually, Jesus is the one who did the seeking because Luke chapter 19 verse 10 says, For the Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. And that's what Jesus did. He left heaven, came into this world, gave his life for us, died for us, rose from the grave alive so that we can be found. We don't have to be lost, but we can be found by Jesus and live life with him forever. So when you eat your Scooby Snacks, remember, it's not what people expected that first Easter Sunday, but we can run around excited like that dog, not because we're trying to find Jesus, but because Jesus found us and he gives us life with him forever. Will you pray with me? We'll fold our hands, and you can repeat after me. Lord Jesus, you are my king. You are alive. You found me, and I am here to worship you. Amen. All right, boys and girls, you can head on back to your seats. And if you didn't get Scooby Snacks on your way in, you can grab a pack on your way out. Happy Easter.
a sinless life you would live and teach. The apostles twelve often ought to reach. Your love for them was to the very end. The disciples held a worldly view of a kingdom that would come through you, betrayed with the kiss. Oh, up on the screen, please. Nope. Not the hallelujah one. We're going to do the Easter proclamation. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen 
Let's keep that always in the crosshairs. Let's keep it in focus. Let's always have that in front of us. As we get ready for communion, uh, one of the things the scriptures tell us to do is we should examine ourselves. In other words, uh, we need to get honest, honest to God and to each other about our sinful condition and our need for his forgiveness. And so that's the rhythm we're going to have right now. So we're going to pray a prayer that's going to be up on the screen, and then I'm going to announce to you the forgiveness because of Jesus. So let's pray this prayer together. Together, most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. We justly deserve your present and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us, forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. And if you were able to kind of focus in on, on those words, it, just, it says something really important. All of us, you and me, and all of humanity are sinners. In other words, we don't do what God wants us to do. We do our own thing. We go our own way. And we would be in trouble. But God sent his son Jesus to come to this earth who suffered and died and rose again so we can say hallelujah, right? We can praise the Lord because of his forgiveness for us. So my prayer is that you know that good news and that you live in that good news today and every day. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And as we continue now with the distribution of uh, Holy Communion, um, a song will be sung and shared with all of us. And during that, if you have those individual communion sets, feel free to receive those believing Jesus is present in this meal. If you're going to come forward, please take notice where the servers are. Today we're going to have four different stations and we will be inviting you to come forward to where the servers are, and we will serve. Now, if you desire to have gluten-free, please let the server know. If you desire to have grape juice, please let the server know as well. May God bless us during this time as we realize fully that these are God's gifts for God's people. We continue the celebration.
want you to know, you know, I'm up here and I'm watching people stream through, putting their hands out like this. I know some of your stories. I know some of you are hurting. Some of you are struggling. Some of you are rejoicing. Some of you have hope. Some of you are feeling despair. But that's amazing. It's a cliche, but it's true. The ground is level at the foot of the cross. All of us come and we receive from him blessing and grace and love. So whatever your world is, is happening right now, whichever way it spins, know that God loves you. And may this true body and blood of Jesus strengthen you, empower you as you live your life, all for the glory of God. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you on this Easter morning with our prayers spoken and in our hearts from our 1C family. Lord Jesus, thank you for your victory and power over sin, death, and the devil. We thank you for the miracles of healing that you are giving Nancy and ask that you continue to pour out your love, peace, and healing. Bless Jim and Nancy and help them to rest and rejoice in your victory and the good news today. Thank you, God, for bringing individuals to walk alongside us during the trials of this world. Please give me strength, wisdom, and peace during sorrow as I continue to trust you for a partner in this life. For my mom's boyfriend, Denny, he had a heart attack last night and has to have open heart surgery tomorrow. He is doing okay at the moment. For healing prayers for my daughter and I as we continue to fight a virus. Lord, in the passing of our family pet, Macy, bring us comfort that we may find rest in you. God, please watch over our mother and keep her and her fellow soldiers safe so they can all come home to their families from deployment. For our grandchildren to find and love God for themselves and others. Thank you for the gift of family. May we all have hearts that serve and seek the Lord Jesus Christ. We praise his holy name. Amen, amen, amen. Glorious Father, by the death and resurrection of your Son, Jesus, all our guilt, shame, our pains and sufferings that we have experienced in the past, the present, and in the future have been taken from us. We place our hope, our lives, and our trust in you, Lord, as we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. All right, if I can have the Easter proclamation slide up there again, we're going to do it again. Get ready and say it with all the gusto like you really mean it. Alleluia, Christ is risen. How many of you like a party? 
okay? Parties are kind of fun. I remember as a kid, there'd be this, like, like the, the word is going around, there's going to be a party. Now, in high school, well, let me tell you, that's different. I won't tell you about that. But I'm going to go back in grade school. When there was a party and the rumor was going around, when you finally got this invitation, it's like, this is, like, cool. With anticipation, with joy, you see the day, the time, the location, and you're looking forward to a party. Well, this is actually a theme that is found throughout the scriptures. But it's about a party that is unlike any party. It's the God of the universe who's powerful enough to make the heavens and the earth, yet also personal enough to know what kind of party you need. And he puts it together. Now, Jesus, he talks about this a lot, this party. And he does it many different ways, but we're going to focus in on specifically, um, if I can have, uh, just go to the next slide, please. There we go. Let's put that up there. The parable of the lost son. Now, some of you know it by the uh, uh, parable of the prodigal son. Okay, that's another way to say it. Uh, really kind of great story. And it, I'm going to kind of walk you through some of the details. I'm not going to put the actual verse up there, but Jesus is teaching. And in uh, Luke 15, uh, he has three different stories about lost things. But then he gets to the story about the lost son. And he's painting this story, and he's painting this picture, and um, he kind of goes like this. There was a dad. There were two sons. The younger son comes up to dad and says, hey, dad, I want my inheritance. Like, now. I don't want to wait. The father gives the inheritance, and the son then goes to a faraway country, and he squanders Everything, and I mean everything. Life becomes yucky, painful, hopeless, despair. And then we're told, as Jesus tells the story, this young man comes to his senses, and then he comes home. This is going to be a little interactive thing, all right? He comes home. And uh, the father does something. Now, I'm going to tell you two scenarios. One of them, I would say, is, would be the probable one, the one that I would probably do myself, the one that you would do, maybe one that you've even experienced. And then the other one is absolutely ridiculous. Let me tell you again. You're going to see two scenarios. One is probable. This is the way the world would do it. And then the other one is ridiculous like over the top, can't believe it, all right? So now let me, let me do this, <clears throat> get my mad acting skills going here. I don't have to act sometimes, sometimes it comes natural. You loser, when your mom told me that you were born, I didn't even want you. Every moment, every day, you disappointed me, one decision after another. Stupid. And then, then you had the guts to ask me for an inheritance? Out of the kindness of my heart, I gave it to you. And then you go off. And you made one dumb decision after another. I am done with you. 
You're dead to me. Now pause. Now as Jesus is telling the story, now I'm embellishing it, um, the other side of this, but I want you to know, as Jesus was telling the story, the mind of a Jewish person would go to a certain um, event that would happen when a son or daughter or family member would embarrass them. You find it in the Talmud. It is the law of the Jews. It's like, what do you do when this happens? And I'm going to get the word right, all right? Um, it's queseso, queseso. What they do is they get pottery, old, disgusting pottery. And what they do, the people, it's not just one person, they would jam it full of, like, rotten food, stinky, smelly, rotten food. They would get animal dung, and they would put it in here, and they would pack it all full. And then they would have this person that caused this offense, kind of like right here, and everybody would take the pot, and I'm not going to do it, but would take it and smash it right in front of them. Ultimately, ultimately saying, you're no good. That's what the people were thinking would be the end of the story of Luke 15. That's what the Talmud says to do. But Jesus took it a whole different direction. An amazing direction. I'll just say a ridiculous direction. Instead, come on up. As the scripture says, the father sees the son coming from a distance. He runs out to him. Okay? And I think this is kind of what was said. I mean, there was, well, I'll share with you what was specifically said. But I could picture the dad running out there, putting his arm around him, saying, you know what? I remember the moment when your mom told me that she was pregnant. I mean, my heart leapt, the joy inside of me, the excitement, the anticipation. When I held you for the first time, I never felt that way before. And then I watched you grow up. And you were the, you were the cutest thing. People say you look just like me. And you know what? Even though you didn't, you weren't always perfect. You're the apple of my eye. You're the one that gives me the joy that I've never had before. Thank you. I mean, I mean, that's what moved me to want to give you the best robe that I can have, the most expensive ring that I could have, shoes, incredible sandals, like classy stuff, and then a calf. Well, not just a calf. How about a fattened calf? Not just a fattened calf. Let's get the best fattened calf. Because we're going to party. Because you were lost, but you're now found. And I am jazzed. Ridiculous. Out of the ordinary. Not normal, according to how the world is. And sometimes, like, sometimes I go back in time and I think about my parenting, my mad parenting skills. Not always good, imperfect. But Jesus paints a different kind of picture. 
an over-the-top, I love you no matter what kind of picture. Pretty stirring. To think about a God who loves. I'm going to share with you a couple scriptures with a, just a couple comments for each one of these. So, you know, if you would, just uh, walk with me. If you can advance the slide, please. John chapter 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. Wow. Next verse, please. 1 John 3, 1. See what kind of love the Father has given to us, that we should be called children of God? And so we are. I mean, some versions, translations will say, see how much the, the God has lavished upon us? I mean, if you picture what lavish means, it means just pouring out, pouring out, pouring out, not stopping, loving with no end, loving perfectly. Next verse. Oh, uh, yeah, there it is. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. I mean, I, I don't know if you get that picture. It's just beautiful. I think the story of the prodigal son really should be called the story of the forgiving father. Because really, the forgiving father is the main character. I think that prodigal son, he knew something about the character of his father that caused him to go back. Now, I think he undersold it a little bit. He was hoping he'd go back and just work, right? But it was ridiculous. The father said, let's party. Let's pull out all stops. Now, the story does have a little twist. Like every good book and every good movie, there's a couple plots that are playing. And this other plot is the older son. And I don't know if you remember the story, how it goes, but when... Um, uh, the father's going to throw this party. The older son finds out about it and is ticked. <laughs> I mean, that's an understatement. He goes to his dad and says, what the heck are you doing? I've been with you all this time. I have done all these things for you. And you're going to throw a party to that loser. What's up with that? You see, I think the son... The older son was buying into something that the world buys into even today. And I'll just tell you, it is, it makes more sense sometimes. See, the older son thought that his behavior or whatever he did was going to make his father like him and love him more. And that's not the way it works. Spiritually speaking, because if it was, we would be in trouble because we could not please God enough. Our actions, our sin, would keep us from God forever. Not the way it works. In fact, next scripture, there it is from Luke 15. And he said to him, this is the forgiving father, Son, you are always with me, and all that is mine is yours. It was fitting to celebrate and be glad. For this your brother was dead and is alive. He was lost and is found. What a story. We don't know what happens to the older son. I'm kind of intrigued by it. It might be one of those questions when you get to heaven, you just say, okay, you know, that's, the story is really cool, but whatever happened? 
Well, I'd like to take you on a journey on another pot that's over here. And I want to get this right. Um, it's called Kintsugi. Kintsugi. Okay. In Japan, what they do is when a pot breaks, they don't just sweep it up and throw it into garbage. Rather, they take the broken pieces and they don't cement it together or super glue it. Do you remember when I told you the story about the thing that broke in the living room and I tried to glue it with Elmer's glue and tried to do it? That's not what they do. What they will do, and this is an art form, they will take the broken pieces and they will fuse it together using fine gold. Picture what that means. Fine gold. And it's a true statement. It's said that the value of this pot becomes greater when it's repaired because of what's put into it, how it's fixed. That's you and me. We're broken vessels. Another, another way to say it, we're crackpots, right? We are. And while the world wants to say, let's just kind of sweep it and throw it away, God says, oh, no, no, no. You're so much more precious to me than that. And I want to repair you in a way that you can't do it yourself or anybody else on this earth. I'm going to send my son who's going to live a perfect life, who's going to shed his blood on a cross, and then he's going to rise on the third day, and he's going to bring victory for you. That's the storyline of Easter. It has been now for 2,000 years. I hope it's your storyline. That when you look in the mirror and the world wants to tell you that you are broken and cracked and have no value, instead you look and you see that it's Jesus in you and with you that gives you your greatest value. Because I think that when we start doing that, it's going to change some of these moments that we have, whether on the receiving end or the giving end. You know what I'm getting at. We're going to start looking at people differently. And when they're broken or they're cracked, we're going to want to bring to them the message of Jesus, that there's hope. And because of this Jesus, things happen. Things are changed. We are transformed. So hold on to that today. Hold on to that tomorrow. Hold on to it with every breath you take because it's what's going to get us from here to heaven. Amen? Would you please stand? I want to pray for you and then give you a blessing. Lord Jesus, um, you are ridiculous. The kind of love that you have for people like us, it's just over the top. 
It's beyond measure. It is life-changing, life-altering, life-giving. We are glad that you're not dead, but you're alive. We are glad that you are with us every step of the way through all the yuck of this world. Hold us in the palm of your hands. Love us with your eternal love. And may we then take that love and share that with others. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your ridiculous love. And we pray this in your name. Amen. Receive the blessing of our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. And the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace now and forever. Amen. Fall.
to shake the ground with the sound of revival. He's surely alive and he's living on the inside.